freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Eward is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you a minute. It really worked that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello! All right, final hour of Brock and Salk today. The Mariners are on fire. They are as hot as any team in baseball. They've leapfrogged a whole bunch of the teams that were just ahead of them, and they're just two and a half games back now of Toronto. Only six back of Texas, and we'll see what that looks like now for the last two months or so, a little bit less than that, left in this season. I don't know exactly why it's happened, Brock. I mean, I got some ideas, and you mentioned a few of them early, and I think some of it is, yeah, I'll call it, either luck or timing or whatever word you want to use to, to describe it. I think there's an element of, of all of those things, but I want to come back to something Jeff Passan told us ages ago. And I think every little bit of it is true still today. And he was supposed to be the tone setter. He was supposed to be the guy putting up Jared Kelnick's numbers. And with, with Julio not being who we expected him to be, and I know who he expected himself to be, um, the, the tone is a little bit different because, uh, you know, as Julio goes, so go the M's. And he hasn't been terrible by any means, but if he if this is who he's going to be this year, if he's not, you know, the dynamic Julio Rodriguez of 2022, mm-hmm. the Mariners are, I think they're going to be in for a long season. As Julio goes, so goes the Mariners, and it has turned out to be absolutely true. Julio is not terrible by any stretch during the first three months of this season, but he wasn't dynamic as he was last year. The Mariners, Mm -hmm. similarly, I know it's going to be hard for people to hear, weren't terrible for the first three months of this season. They were 500. They were disappointing. They weren't what they were supposed to be. They didn't look like we wanted them to look. But they weren't terrible. And I know I know a lot of people are going to disagree because that was the narrative. This team's terrible. Well, they're not. They're 500. Cardinals are terrible. The Mets are terrible. These teams had to blow it up the at the Royals trade deadline. They Chicago were terrible. Chicago is terrible. Yep. Oakland is terrible. The Mariners yes. were underperforming. They're 500. And they're 500 a, club. there is a difference between those things. Yep. In the last few weeks, they've been a whole lot better than that. And guess what? So is Julio Rodriguez. Since July 21st. Julio has raised his OPS from 707 to 751. He's hit five home runs, 12 RBI in that span. You throw in a hot JP and Suarez, who's finally kind of turned Record back setting into Suarez. Suarez. Record setting Suarez. Yeah, well, put in a couple of home runs from Cal and others to chip in, and guess what? You have a real offense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, when I tweeted that, a couple months ago after Jeff said it, Mike Cameron right away said, whoa, 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 whoa. I think he even tweeted me back, like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's Julio in the pitching. Let's be clear. Do, you do, do not sure. disregard the pitching. Of course. Okay, because the pitching, it, through all of this, through the 500 stretch, through April, May, June, and July, the pitching has been a constant. And it's why they were 500, right? If it weren't for their pitching, they would have been the Cardinals and the Padres and the Mets. Their, their pitching was that good. But then you do add in Julio. So quick thought exercise. Right without without even looking around and you know, doing all the digging, just kind of thought top of the head thought exercise. Is that how it is with the other stars on the other teams? So goes Acuna, so go the Braves, right? So go some of the, so go Simeon and Seager, so go the Rangers. I bet you if you were to look around at the teams near the top, so goes what's his name, Aranzarea? Do I screw that up? Arozarena. Um, Arozarena. So go the Rays. 
right? Sogo, Judge, oh, he's not been there. The Yankees have fallen off, right? Sogo, your best players, I think, to a degree. Some of that is true. Sometimes it's not. I mean, like, I, like that's why it's even hard for me to point to this and say this is the reason. Like, I mean, the, the Braves won the World Series when Acuna was out. I, I mean, like. Yep. Right. I mean, sometimes it's your stars and sometimes it's other people because baseball. Sometimes it's Cade Marlowe hitting a grand slam and Dylan Moore. You want to talk about raising your average or OPS, right? uh, Do that exercise with Dylan Moore. Yeah. I mean, Dylan Moore was one for 30, like send him down, right? To just send him to play your old clip there of your buddy. Like uh, just send him back to the Mets, man. Send him away. Send him to Mahoning Valley. (laughs) They haven't even started their season. (laughs) No. Yes, perfect. You can't do any damage there. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, you, seriously, you want to, you want to talk about some of the the growth of that? Now, well, I do guys, think I know. do think there is one. I do think there is one number that that does resonate to a degree, right? And, and you can, hey man, that's baseball ups and downs. All of this, you can spin at baseball at me all you want. But I do think them finally hitting for consistent power has been a big part of it. Yep. Much like you know who the the second hottest team in baseball is right now. Do you want to know one of the other great stories in baseball this season that's not getting talked about very much? Chicago Cubs. They're a game and a half behind the Brewers. And you know what the Cubs have done over the last month and a half right there with the Mariners? Hit for power. Two and a half home runs a game in August as they go on this streak. The Mariners, home runs per game. Home runs per game in March and April, 1.1. In May, 1.1. In June, 1.3. In July, 1.3. In August, 1.7. Right? A significant, and I bet you if I mean, you did I, that from July 20th yeah. to now, I bet that number is 1.7. Like, yeah. you're hitting almost another half a home it's run to a though, home because, run a game. Because in July, they had the best record in baseball and they didn't hit a ton of them. I mean, yes, that's part of it. It's helping them to generate offense. Like, I'm not poo pooing you. Okay, your well, how, how about doubles? How about doubles? How about 1.8 in April, in, in 49 in March and April, 47 in May, 30 doubles the whole month of June, Brutal. 59 in July. Much better. Almost doubled yeah. the amount of doubles, right? Just extra bases, to your point, slugging, doing what you were supposed to do. This lineup was supposed to strike out. Hard for me to swallow. Not going to lie. Right. Teo's at bats. Still hard for me to swallow. He leads the league in strikeouts. A. Eugenio's third in the league. Julio's like eighth in the league. And I think even Jared is still 15th in the league in strikeouts. Sometimes it's hard for me to swallow. And it was impossible when they were struggling to hit for any power, doubles or home runs early in the year. Now that you're hitting for home runs, <laughs> right? Now that that power outage is no longer out and it's been restored, you're able to absorb those strikeouts a lot more. Yeah. How about this text? Oh my God, guys, you've been the biggest critics about this team, mainly Salk. <laughs> he drags us all down with his criticism when they lose. I don't even know what to tell you, 360. I, I, I've been high man on this team all year long. Yes, I thought you that have. they were going to win the World Series. 360, I will not allow you Sorry. to take that shot at Salk. You could take many others, that but I am not going to allow fair. you to take that one. I don't again. know whether the Mariners are going to win the World Series. I don't know whether they're going to live up to the potential that I thought they had at the beginning of the year. Clearly, I was wrong about some of that, as were they. I'm willing to admit that, and I'm not telling you today that you need to turn around if you've been negative on this team all year and say, mm-hmm. oh, my God, they're now going to win the World Series. They might not. They might not. They could have a terrible August and September just like they did in April and May. But I hope that seeing what they've done for the last five weeks at the very least makes you think about why why they did why they built they it did the way they did yep. and, and how maybe they're not as stupid as people thought they were. 
Yep. Maybe the fact that they did succeed as much as they have the last few years wasn't just luck. Maybe the fact that they were 90-game winners two years in a row, organization of the year last year in baseball, that maybe they had some idea what they were doing, and it wasn't just, oh, they brought in a bunch of scrubs this offseason. No one's telling you those things worked. They didn't. Mm -hmm. But the same guy that failed with Colton Wong and failed with A.J. Pollock has succeeded with Caballero has succeeded so far with Cade Marlowe, has no. succeeded for a short amount of time with Mike Ford, has succeeded with Cal Raleigh, and succeed. I mean, like, there's yep. a balance to this thing, and baseball is funky like that. Yep. I think this team is starting to play like what I thought they would be, so it's a self-fulfilling view on my, like, sure. they are, sure. this is what I wanted them to be and thought they would be, so when they look like it, that's what I see. I was willing to say that it didn't look that way for a long time. Mm-hmm. For the people that were taking shots left and right and wanted to fire the manager and fire the GM, fire the president, et cetera, <laughs> are, are you willing to say that maybe you were wrong too? That, that maybe it wasn't six as weeks, bad as those things? This is the team that they can be, you know, and maybe, and even before then, right, their misses were at least backstopped by their hits, not offensively, but their hits pitching, mm-hmm. <laughs> their hits with Bryce Miller and Wu and a pitching staff and a Sacedo and, and a time and again finding people in arms in that bullpen that did, yeah. that, that bounced so, back so, from uh, some of the other struggles. And I know we got to move on here, but I, I do want to just address this because it's a good point that the 360 or 206, although he calls me a moron, which is not necessary. No. It's, how dare you? <laughs> Salk, you're still a moron. Mariners are playing well, but are still two and a half out of the third wild card spot. Are we suddenly acting like they've achieved what we wanted expected this year? No. We're not. Clearly, they have not achieved what we wanted or expected them to do this year. But they've played at that level for the last five weeks, which means, no, it's not even about that. It means they're capable of it. And I think that's the thing that has driven me so Mm. crazy about this conversation Mm. for the last four or five months. Mm. It's this belief that they weren't capable of playing like this. Of course they were. They've proven now that they're capable of it. Not that they can sustain it and do it all year long. I don't know whether they can or not. But stop telling me that they weren't good enough to do it. They were. They just didn't play that way for a while because sometimes baseball stinks. Sometimes guys aren't who they're supposed to be. And if and if they had gotten the contributions they should have out of a few more guys, guess what? We wouldn't be having that conversation right now at all. So, no, I don't think that they're, they're they've now achieved it. But stop telling me that they were never capable of it because now we've seen they definitely are. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. What a weekend for the Mariners. They absolutely found a way in each in its own way. They were all very different games, but they sweep aside the Angels. Four of them in Anaheim. First time they've done that since 2005. Yesterday was a big hit in the 10th inning from Eugenio Suarez to untie it. And then Taylor Sacedo getting it done in the bottom of the 10th. Sacedo looking to pitch the Mariners to a win. No balls, two strikes. He delivers. Swing and a miss. A four-seamer upstairs. Salcedo lets out a yell as the Mariners, the big brooms, baby, they've swept aside the Angels. The M's are rolling. Win number 60 on the year. They've won five in a row. They've won 10 of 12, and they're going home sweeping the Angels. Yeah, they sure do. Uh, You know, it's interesting. Even watching yesterday, Salcedo didn't look like he had it in the ninth. 
gave a bunch of hard contact to the first couple of hitters, and then he found something. He settled down, and that man on second, the ghost runner to start the 10th, mm-hmm. didn't affect him at all. They needed it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just wrote down on my little sheet here. I think I might tweet a picture of my little doodles after every show. So you can, you know, the, the listening audience can daily see how doodles. my, yeah, daily doodles. Well, hashtag daily doodles. So you can see how my wackadoo, left-handed, middle child, emotional mind works. But I just had a little credit chart here for these Mariners. And Gary Hill's right. That's a big broom. That's not a three-game sweep. That's a big sucker. That's a four-game sweeper to bury these Angels. First time since 05. But just a, just a credit pie for this series and, I don't know, 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10. How about Julio? How about Eugenio? Breaking Edgar's record of consecutive games. I know it got snapped, and then he snapped right back into it and had the game-winning RBI yesterday. Mm-hmm. How about the bullpen? How about clearing a path for Mooney and others with Seawall being out the door and them stepping into it? How about Kirby leading the league in quality starts without a walk, second in overall quality starts? How about starts? J.P. Crawford, who I want to spend some time on here in a few How about minutes? J.P. Crawford? How about Scott Service, right? Just managing all of these different moves. How about the role players? Holy smokes. That's a lot of credit to go around, and that is how you put a streak together like they have yeah, last month. They certainly month. have. Six back still in the division as the Rangers win again yesterday. Two and a half out in the wild card. Here's the second thing you need to know. Seahawks had their mock game uh, on Friday night as they continue to get ready for the season. The best news coming out is that Tariq Woolen is ready to go. Oh, oh Tariq, oh, it's great to get him back here. Yeah, he comes off pup today. Uh, his workouts have been extraordinary, and, and uh, we can't keep him on any longer. He's just too too close. We're still going to take care of him and make sure that we get him back to, to the football movements and the football kind of changes and directions and things in more competitive situations. He took individual today, and it'll be a little different tomorrow in, in the process. But And this week, we'll be really quiet this week, and we won't give him a lot of work. But we're, we're stressing him in the workouts, in the rehab work, to make sure that he's getting there. And he feels great. He's really confident in it. And we're going to make him be begging to get back out there. He was extraordinary, Brock. They couldn't keep him down so any extraordinary longer. in his rehab. Extraordinary. No, he's just extraordinary. Not. And it's amazing how extraordinary your rehab goes when others are doing your job and doing it well. When, when you're watching others do it, when Jordan Brooks is watching Bobby and Devin Bush and some of the young guys, right? When, when you know, even a, a Pro Bowl corner like Tariq is watching Reek. Sorry, I'm trying to still confuse it. When Reek is watching Devin and Trey and Mike and these other, like, it's extraordinary how you get to your training and rehab on time, how you maybe push a little bit harder. I mean, he to may make have been sure doing those things anyway. He was. I mean, let's he not, was. You know. He was. But don't but tell me hurt. human nature doesn't get involved when you're watching somebody else do true. your job. Absolutely true. Uh, bad news with D. Eskridge. He is going to miss the first six games of the season, suspended for violating the league's personal conduct policy in a domestic violence incident. We don't know too many of the details yet, but as they come uh, out, we will obviously pass them along. Uh, he, uh, he's he been unproductive for two years. He's been immature on and off the field, and this was the worst of it all. Well, this I don't know whether this is a maturity issue. I, I mean, this is something that is just flat out unacceptable. And, you know, we continue to make allowances for it across the NFL. And they're better. The NFL is not, better. They're better. They are better. There's no reason to assume that this will be any different when it's all said and done. Here's the third thing you need to know. I think he's going to be suspended longer than Ray Rice was. Unbelievable. Writing's been on the wall, Brock, but bold now, underlined, italicized, saved, save as, you name it. 
the Pac-12 is essentially dead, down to just four teams, and they're not in good shape. There's a question of whether or not the Apple Cup will still get played. Jen Cohen says they would like to. I've had a chance to talk to Pat Chen yesterday. I think many of you know he's a dear friend of mine, and we're both really committed to this series and committed to the state and all of our fans, not just for football, but for all of our sports. Uh, We are still working on the complexities of our football schedule in general uh, for the future years. So Pat and I will continue to work on the best plan to play the Apple Cup every year. That Apple Cup, Sulky, had vitriol unlike any other stadium I walked into in a great way. Just sports hate, sports vitriol, rivalry, the greatest of it. Certainly Oregon-Washington has taken a, a big piece of that over the last few decades, you know, after I got done playing. But I can't even imagine I can't even imagine if they are able to do that. Well, first of all, what the emotion is going to be this year. Now, it is at Husky Stadium, I do believe. Last year was in Pullman. It's a good thing it's not in Pullman this year. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Cook fans ever want to see a purple and gold anything in their building ever again. All right. That is everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. You know, part we didn't even get into is, you know, what kind of competitive disadvantage are Washington and I mean, maybe not Oregon because of the backing they have from Phil Knight, but what kind of competitive disadvantage are you at taking a fraction of what the other teams in well, your new you, conference I are going to get? A fraction is still much, much more than what you are going to get. Well, I get it, so but it's, you, but it's a lot really less a than your new competitors are getting. It is. Yep, it is. And you're going to have to count on your boosters and, and your alumni and your people to to stop gap some of that and to have success and, and to quickly climb up, you know, that, uh, that inequality ladder to, to where eventually you do get hold in five or six years. And, and you got to count on Michigan, Ohio state, you know, those good teams going to the college football playoff because they will get a split of those earnings, who, who, split of the tournament earnings, yeah. split of other revenue. So what happens with the Rose bowl? Oh, that went away last year. Yeah. That's, that's done with the new playoff structure. That was no longer going to be pac 12 and big 10 anyway. Hmm. So, yeah, some of that dissipated. And, Ugh. yeah, what happens to Oregon State and Washington Ugh. State? I mean, truly. Like, I've got friends of mine that are pretty connected, yep. curious about the solvency Nothing of good. those programs, right? Being able to just simply survive with what the amount they've invested. Well, the amount they've invested. You heard Chris Peterson say the amount they invested in those facilities and the outlay mm-hmm. that they had to do to do that, to just try to compete and stay level with the others. Well, and they sense. were counting on right. $30 million a year. They were counting they on that money. The revenue co- that you yes. were going to get back. They're like yes. somebody who, you know, who built a they didn't new pay cash. to their house. They didn't pay cash for those facilities. Right. It's all borrowed, et cetera. Yes. And then you've, you're expecting to have the money coming in. If all that money goes away, what do you do to pay back all the facilities That's that right. you built that are now, you know, major power five facilities built to compete against them yep. but in a non-power five world where you're not With making power five money in. that's right Ugh, what a total disaster what an absolute mess uh we'll go from the negative there to some absolute positive you mentioned a few of the mariners brock who right now are playing really really good ball one guy in particular jumps to mind and what he's done this year can't be overlooked it's next on brock and salt This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. What has gotten into J.P. Crawford? He has been really good this year, Brock. And we've talked about some of the guys who've been up and down, guys who didn't start off well and then have come on later. Kelnick, who started off really strong, and then the team has actually played better, you know, since he's not been around. But the guy who has been, other than the pitchers who are in their own category, their offensive player 
who has been the most consistent this year. It's not even close. It's J.P. Crawford, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw your tweet. I saw your tweet over the weekend. You getting paid by him, dude? By him? You, tell, you want to tell me something? No, no not by him. Um, you want to tell me no, a little by something? By Driveline? My people that started in Puyallup in a, in a warehouse in my hometown. Yeah, Kyle Boddy yeah. and the rest of his group down there. No, but I, I did run into a, a guy playing golf on, on Wednesday who was getting ready to go start a job over at Driveline. It really was making me think about J.P. Crawford, who went there. And, you know, they're known more for what they do pitching-wise than hitting-wise. But he used their program. He bulked up a little bit. Not that he was in bad shape, but he got a little bigger. He's hitting the ball harder with more authority. Hit another home run yesterday. Here's the windup, and the burly right-hander delivers to Crawford. Swain a drive deep into the gap in right center field, and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. On the first pitch of the ball game from Chase Silseth, J.P. chases the pitch into the bleachers in right field. Yeah, nice little home run for him to start the game, and we've Did seen Rick a lot call of him a him. burly right-hander. Yeah, I would say that's a fair. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he would have ended your any hope of your broadcast. I'm done career. with him. You could not have said Chase Silseth. Nope, Chase Silseth. Chase Silseth. No Chase Silseth. <laughs> Did you like my Chase Silseth up against Seth Smith conversation? Yeah, yeah, that's a spitter. What are we doing? Did you see the picture of the 17-year-old kid that's living in a van, cooking a steak outside of the van because he's training at driveline, can't afford to stay anywhere there. So he's he's living out of a, a kind of a, one of those vans that's yeah. you know souped up a little bit. But truly, he's sleeping in the in the parking lot of driveline yeah. because he has seen anecdotes like this. Right and and in performance like this and guys that have, you know, totally transformed and changed their technique. There's a there's a kid here in in that a family friend of mine, son-in-law, and he reached out to me, and he was a third round major league pick, I think about six years ago. Good good player, so third rounder, and worked and worked and worked, and actually this year got to play in spring training major league games. Had cool. worked up to Double A, cup of coffee, Triple A, back to Double A. And this year, the organization he was with invited him to some professional spring training to play at the major league level. And then he was shocked that he got outright released. And there was some change in leadership, and it was just kind of a bummer. And he's wow. trying to figure out what he's going to do. And and he's a total tweener, right? He's a corner first baseman without power, which doesn't play in this league anymore. And he's just trying to figure out what to do. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. He's about to have a baby any day. And he just kind of, I shared my life story a little bit, some of that transition. He's reached out to people trying to figure out. He thinks he's done. Doesn't know if he's totally done, but, you know, he's pretty darn close to it at this age and, and stuff. And I said, well, I'll tell you what you should do. Go do what I'm seeing guys do. Go be a consultant. Go help young kids hit. And you know what else? Uh, you know, because I know there's all these hitting coaches in our area. Go buy that um, so that piece of technology, that shot track. You know, and actually do something that they're not even doing. And I don't think it's incredibly expensive to have just a little bit of technology where you can show these young players, look, look at the work I'm doing for you. Look at the exit velo. Look at what the changes I'm making and helping you adapt and, and grow and get better. And, and yeah, JP had a decision to make this offseason with that. Watch this, the short star market go crazy for all these other guys. Watch his organization maybe in some ways flirt with it until they realize, no, we're not even going to entertain these hundreds of millions of dollars. And he went out and made himself the best version of JP we have ever seen. pretty darn good. I mean, I, I did just spend some time looking through the other shortstops to see where they were at this year because that's some of the conversation of should they have gone another direction at that position. And he of, of the major shortstops that have changed teams, 
in the last few years. He is currently fourth in terms of war and with the third, second or third amount of games played. I mean, Trevor Story is at 0.0. He hasn't played. Baez is a 0.3 war player. Total mess in Detroit. They've they've got him. Got his money money and just didn't listen to anybody. The opposite of JP. Yep. Carlos Mm -hmm. Correa. The issue was supposed to just be the injury and, you know, long term. But, of course, you know, he rakes right now. Well, he's a 0.7 war player this year in 100 games. Mm. Trey Turner. And the guy I know you wanted, and for understandable mm-hmm. reasons, dynamic, ended up deciding to go back and play near his hometown in Philadelphia. Maybe the best hitters park in baseball. 1.1 win over replacement. B-War, 109 mm. games played. Mm. Bogarts, now you're starting to see some guys who have had success. Bogarts has been pretty good. I know mm-hmm. no, San Diego's not been, although they've picked it up quite a bit recently. Bogarts, 2.4 win player. Crawford, another 1.2 ahead of him, a 3.6 win player this year. Wow. I mean, that is phenomenal. Wow. And with the defense, or, you know, the defense is factored in there, but with the leadership, with the personality, and with a a ballpark that does not play as well as Philadelphia or, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the other spots. Now, a couple guys ahead of him. Dansby Swanson is a little bit ahead of him, although he hasn't played in as many games, 3.9. And then Semyon and Seeger have both been unbelievable this year. I'm not trying to say Crawford has been the best shortstop in baseball. He hasn't yeah. been, but Seeger's hurt again. And yeah. Semyon wasn't good last year. We'll see if he you know, keeps it up this year. Just, he was pretty good war last year, actually. Semyon when was? I, yeah. When it was all said and done? When it was all said and done, I think he was a five-war player Oh, really? Last year. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's had some pretty good years. I would have liked yep. him here, to be honest he, with he you. He didn't want to be here. Yeah. He, he knew too much here. of the West Coast and the Marine layer and yep. had spent his life doing that and wanted to go someplace else. And hit. that is all credit to J.P. Crawford because, remember, even coming into this year and through spring training, he didn't have a great spring training. And do you remember where he was hitting at the beginning of this year? He's at the bottom of the lineup. Yep. Right? It was just like, well, you know, quality of bats. He's going to take some pitches. And and uh, and he's had a record-setting year. First time in his career, double-digit home runs, and he's not done yet. And that's not what you're even asking him to do. But if he hits 12, 14 home runs – with his plate discipline and the at-bats he gives you, he's been your best clutch player while others, certainly in April, May, and June, struggled mightily in situations. He didn't. He was the one you wanted up, and now he's cemented himself in that leadoff spot, and I don't think he's ever looking back. Yeah. Ever looking back. Well, and it doesn't feel like this it's is un- – It's easy to say that. Next year he could be like a I know, but two it, war player because who the heck knows? It just doesn't feel – and I know this is feel, and you got to be careful with feelings in baseball – but it doesn't feel like this is unsustainable. It didn't feel like Goody putting on 25 pounds, right? right? It didn't feel like he just totally revamped his whole swing. Yeah, he just sort of, you know, added Refined. a little bit, worked out a little bit differently, learned some different techniques at driveline, and, and it's been awesome to see it you know, really pay out for him and then for the team because, look, Jerry bet on him too. They yep. decided to sign him to a, a, a big extension. It wasn't as big as some of those other players. It doesn't carry as much risk as some of those other players do. So it was like a fifth. Huh? It was like 60 million, right? 67 so, so million. Right now like it looks brilliant, doesn't it? I mean, uh, like yes. you're getting that kind of production out of a guy in, in J.P. Crawford, and you're not married to him until he's 42 like mm-hmm. you are with Trey Turner. Yep. Trey Turner may have a good year next year, by the way. This is not to say he's a bad player. But it's to show you that, look, baseball is risky. It's unpredictable as much as we try to predict it. And if you are getting in bed with a guy for four, you know, until he's 42 years old, he better be the right guy. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And and this is why they've tried to alleviate some of those risks. Right. OK, now, so if it's if we can and we started the show and we can't logically, rationally define why other than, you know, what this is baseball, what we can do. And I'm curious for you, if you were to put together a little pie chart, you know, I love pie charts, mm. man. I love pie charts. I think I love pie charts as many as, as much as any radio host in America loves a good old pie chart. If you were to put together your pie chart here over the last six weeks, right, and put some slices as to why this team has dug itself out, has created an immense amount of hope, has put themselves even, you know, unfortunately, standings-wise, maybe not in the same position as last year because other teams have picked themselves up, but for, for them, a game better than even last year at this point. What would be some of those big credit slices? How do you divvy up that credit pie? Where do you go? Give me the biggest, maybe the biggest slice of credit. Who do you think over the last six weeks in this turnaround deserves the biggest slice of credit pie? I, I, I honestly, Brock, I can't, I can't answer this question because I, 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 I want to tell you Scott deserves some, but I also think that's sort of silly. All he's done is just been the same person. He's not hitting for anybody now any more than he was not hitting for them a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So like. I, I honestly just believe it's just baseball being baseball. Like it, this is a good team. But there's performance involved in the last six weeks, right? I mean, there is but they much all like there was better. Cal much like he's hit home runs, and and Dylan Moore, as you said, has raised his average, and Julio has finally looked like Julio again, and Suarez got on a tear. I mean, like they all did. They started yeah. hitting better. It, like baseball's weird, man. I, I can't like give. You I'm not a- asking you as to why. I'm not asking for the why of that. I'm just asking for the what of it. The what of what- it is yes. All of them. <laughs> yes. The answer to me is yeah. I'm not going to give you a pie chart. It's a yes. See, this is not nice. 360 saying Brock loves pie charts as much as Salk loves pies. Like, you see, that's just, that's entirely unnecessary. And I but don't you do love it. a pecan pie. You do love a I cherry pie. You do like love an apple pie. pie. No. You don't like a rhubarb pie because, you know, when you're sour, you don't like sour. No, you I like, like sweet. strawberry rhubarb. We do you like lemon meringue pie? It's all right. It's Do you like pumpkin me. pie? No. I don't like pumpkin. I don't like sweet potato. And I don't like pecan pie. None of the three. I'm out on all three. Chocolate pudding pie. Now we have a different conversation. <laughs> I do like myself a little chocolate pudding pie. Maura, what is your favorite kind of pie? Oh, that's hard. I'll, I'll eat most pies. You can just say yes, like I, I like. Did to I like uh, very specifically like a warm fruit pie with ice cream, mm. like apple mm-hmm. or some kind of berry. You ever do the Northeast thing where you do uh, like an apple pie with cheddar cheese on it? No, never tried that. Come again? Apple pie, but with I've cheddar cheese on top. Reminds, Never heard of it. Reminds me of the movie. Thank you for smoking. Better than you'd think. Better, really? like it doesn't sound right, but a lot better. Molly than you would picked think. up, and, and we have some friends coming in, and she's like, "You know what? I'm. Gonna, I think I'm going to pick up another. It's a great harvest. Um, uh, this this crumble, mm. this like blueberry. Oh, yeah, that's right? good. oh my like gosh, that. was it good? I've seen a lot of people saying that it's because Colton Wong is gone, and that and that that's why they're playing better. Mm-mm. It may have helped, but guess what? He was here for all of July. Hmm. I mean, like they had the best record in baseball in July with Colton Wong on the roster. Yeah. So it's not just that. I mean, like all of these things maybe play a little bit of a role. 
and you add it all up together and, and just some guys finally remembering who they are and who they've been, maybe the pressure felt off of them. I don't know. Who the heck knows? Maybe the light at the end of the tunnel of 50 games to go now, boys. And as Paul Seawald t- said to those guys two, three weeks ago, we don't start playing well. Some of us aren't going to be here. Well, the only one not here really is Paul. <laughs> it's right? Paul. Well, and Pollock and Wong and stuff. But, you know, guys that were performing very well was Paul. Did you see what happened to Paul? I by know. The way? I gave up a couple runs. I'm talk about baseball. He had a pitch for the Diamondbacks. They've been terrible. Couldn't even use them. And then they get a 3-2 lead in Minnesota, and he gets a chance to get the ball and shove it. They were buyers. Everything's great. They're buyers, just like the Angels. I'm going to be like the Angels and the Diamondbacks. They haven't won a game since the trade deadline. Let's do rank. Baseball. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. So I went to the concert Saturday night, Brock, saw uh, Rival Sons, and then Stone Temple Pilots, and then Smashing Pumpkins at White River, uh, met some very nice people down there who were big fans of Ranked. Guy came losers. over. love that. If I would start calling our audience losers, I mean, you know, they were. You two spent the better part of the last hour lecturing them. Is that why you got? Is that why you got back to the studio at three in the morning and slept on the couch? You just got in the time. Yeah, saw the concert out there and made it back in the early hours of this morning. No, not surprised. It was Saturday. Oh, it was Saturday. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Not surprised that many music fans are fans of Ranked. Right. Yes. People you will find at a concert also Uh, like. Who did did you see by the way? You found people that like it. Saw Smashing Pumpkins, Stone Temple Pilots, Rival Songs. Oh, all three of them. Yeah. That triumvirate. Good night. It was a pretty good night. Wow. yeah, people wanted us to – one idea that came up for Ranked was uh, best bands with food names ranked. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah. Like that. That would at least make it more fun to play music. Oh, you're okay with that. <laughs> that would be okay for more. All right, well, maybe we'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> well, There's I'll a lot that. of them. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, if we, like, discuss the names more, that would be fun, but you just want to play songs back to back to back. Well, well we would also play the songs of those bands, obviously. Play some corn, some salt and pepper. Like Smashing it. Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins was on Even the right, Don't start it now. Right, well, we're pursuit. just getting some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. All right. I feel kind of mean. I apologize for calling you guys losers. <laughs> Seriously, Jeez. Nora. We're pretty cool. We're not, we're not, we're not losers. Strongly dislike this thing. Yeah. <laughs> spent a lot of time at the White River Amphitheater. Why well, got to tear down others, Mora? Well, you know, Seriously. I spent a little bit of time at the White River Amphitheater. You know where I spent more time, Justin? Traveling to and from the White oh, of River Amphitheater, it turns oh, out. Of course you did. Fun place to get to in uh, in uh, Auburn. So I thought with that in mind, I would rank our local music venues. Local music venues ranked. Oh, indoor, outdoor, both? Everything is on the list here, Brock. Like and there's a lot wow. of obviously honorable mentions. Uh, let's see. Nectar and Fremont. For me, I like that it's convenient, but it's kind of a cool atmosphere in there and kind of in a different space. Yeah, big glass wall. I really like I really do like White River while I'm there. But I can't put it on the top five because it took us two hours to get there. It's absurd. Wait, so that's part of the experience then? Is the in and out of these? Is that? Hey, everything factors in, man. Okay. okay. Everything factors in. Okay. And so, you know, great if you happen to live in Auburn. Good facilities. Yeah. But I always, when I get out there, I take a right and go to the Yellow Beak for a while. And then I love Oh, that's your, that's your move. Yeah. You got the El Corazon. Not a good one. I mean, the it is what? what it is. The El right. Corazon. It is what it is. The old Where off ramp. Old off ramp. It's like right by our office here. Really? Uh, how about chop suey? How do you feel about chop suey? 
uh, new Chop Suey I like. Old yeah. Chop Suey wasn't as good. I've seen some bands there. It's pretty I've fun. seen like, comedy there. Cool, I've small seen, venue. I've seen like, yeah, other, I mean, a play there. Ven- uh, music there is good. Triple Door, not as much music. Really more like variety acts and stuff, right? True. Show, like. Cool place, though. I really like that facility. I like that facility. I have seen shows at Benaroya, which is awesome. Not just Symphony, but. You know, like I saw Tanari win there. Sometimes they'll have other types of shows. I think I'm the, seeing Cigarose there. Girl uh, from Metric really did nice. a performance there a few years ago. Great. Just all seating. It's kind of the same problem. I like when the Paramount, when they open up the bottom, that's pretty cool. Neptune. Neptune kind of reminds me of just like an old movie theater. It was cool. The Moor, mm-hmm. the Croc. Was it the Neptune a movie theater? I think it was. Was it? it was? I mean, it sort of looks like it. I assume the Is that down by the U District? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the U-district. yeah, that's where I saw movies in college. Oh, really? Yeah, right next to the hot tub place. They used to have oh, tubs. Oh, tubs. Really? Tubs. Is that where oh, people yeah. go after they're on blind date. You ever been to a tub, Saul? No. Tubs. I just watched Blind Date when I, I was. Justin, you ever been to yeah, a tub? I used to live right next to tubs. That's a weird spot. Was it? <laughs> yeah. You went in the tubs. I didn't go into tubs. This is at the end of its life there, and it wasn't the time to go into tubs. You ever see a concert at Tubbs? Could you get a disease at Tubbs? <laughs> Move on from Tubbs. All right. That uh, was wrong, by the way. Have we ever ranked Tubbs? Tubbs ranked? Yeah. Crockett and Tubbs, obviously. Tub Subs. Probably number one. Okay. Tub Subs just went out. It's gone. What? Yes. Oh. I just drove by Lake City. Tubbs Subs is gone. Like is that. it really? Yeah. Don't kind like bummer. That. I like that place. Okay. Uh, Numos, The Sunset. I have not yet seen a show, a Climate Pledge, so I'm sure it's great. I'm excited to go, but I haven't seen one there yet. Same. I told the sounds great. I like the zoo for zoo tunes. Kind of a nice spot to see a show. Usually sounds really good. Oh, so. the mountain goats are there tomorrow. Oh, really? Might go see them. Is that a band or is that just something, it's a an animal that's at the zoo? It's a weird band. <laughs> at the zoo. It's no smart. kidding, dude. Makes they sense. got hippopotamuses, too. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, Chateau St. Michel. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I've only been to one show there, and it was one I didn't like, so it's, I kind of yeah. spoiled it. I like it. It just if you don't get there early enough to get the right spot, you end up sort of like stuck somewhere where you can't see enough. You know, that's where Mary Kay got married. You know, Mary Kay Letourneau. Uh huh. She got married. Were you there? No, but I remember driving by, and the paparazzi were like hiding oh. in the bushes. It's at the, the but like at the venue or just at the winery? Yeah, a little bit of both. Okay, a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> Justin's anti-winery. I'm not anti-winery. No, you're anti-winery. Yeah, you are. It's not for me. That's what I did on my day off on Friday. Okay, let's rank them. Here we go. Number five. Number five, Marymore. I really enjoy Marymore. I love the sound out there. I love the vent, like just that outdoor kind of casual situation. They got the food trucks in the back. I really like it. I saw Alabama Shakes there. They were amazing. Heather made me go see the National there. Sad Dad Rock. I did not like it, but don't tell her I said that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I've tried to keep a smile on my face the whole time. But I really like the venue. That's okay, five. that's a, that's a tough one to get out there for some people too. I know mm, it's kind of white rivery. It's no, for some folks, for some not folks. That bad. that's a long way. Yeah, like people yes. from white from from where South. White River is. Yeah. Uh, number four for me, the Tractor in Ballard. Oh, great call. Such a great venue. It's super intimate, personal, but big enough. It's got great sight lines, great sound. It's got a cool just kind of music vibe. Yep. Still, the bar is not an afterthought, which I hate about some venues. Right. Where it's like, it's it's like built right into, into the it. corner. Yeah. No, I totally agree. So that would be number four. 
on my list. I love the track. I love when bands I like are coming by the tractor. And the guys who work there always seem to be awesome. So mm-hmm. big Great. fan of the tractor mm-hmm. and obviously a lot to do right around it, which is nice. Number three is a tie, Brock. And I, I'm sorry to do it this way, but I, I, it's sort of hard to differentiate between concerts at T-Mobile, concerts at Lumen Field. But stadium shows in Seattle are well taken care of in either spot. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that I would choose one over the other. But they're both very good for shows. Acoustics are not different in either. Not really, because they're outdoors and like everything sounds pretty good. Okay. And they're built for the sound to sound good in the shape of that venue. Right. So it works well. Yeah, I like both. Mm-hmm. I like both. I like T-Mobile because you can kind of still see from the concourse better. Where do they the put the stage That's in true. T-Mobile? Center field. It's always in center kind of field. Center right, right center field. Okay. Yeah. It works out really well. And then mm-hmm. they put, you know seating down all the way to it or however and they build like a false staircase that gets you over the left field yeah. wall into the concourse it's pretty it's great. great uh that's number three number two is the showbox market oh it's like a perfect music venue number two. Oh, okay i think i know what this means i mean there's really only one that could yeah. be number one so so the showbox it's not unique it's just a perfectly designed music venue and when they were talking about bringing you know taking it out a few years ago that was a disaster thank god they were able to get that figured out because it's that really is weird huh. what the gorge didn't even make honorable mention well, i was getting to number one no that was number two i just said number two was the, the showbox show i know i know so number one is the gorge no it's not oh how dare you what's number oh. one how dare you the old fair Thank you. <laughs> Should have passed. You're right. Bro. And you don't even include the Tacoma Dome. No, no, I don't. What is wrong with you? Because Go was, south, young man. I've Go been to south. The Tacoma Dome. I, there's a reason I didn't include the Tacoma Dome when it comes to concerts. That's cool. Honorable mention for the Gorge and number one, P Town. <laughs> Should have known. You all are there. Get your scones and walk right in. I Coming more, right around the corner, by the way, a couple weeks away. The casinos are all good, too. I mean, more look, there's the a lot of good spots. No more, no Paramount in the top five. Which is no, a, not in the top five. I really like oh. the more a lot. You know what? I've never been to the more. I don't oh. know why. I've never seen a show there. Wow. It just never worked out that way. You seen a show at the PL Fair? I've never been to the PL Fair. You've been to the fair. You've taken your daughters to the fair. Stop it. Heather went with them last year for the first time. I have never been. What? Nobody's ever invited me. You can park on my parents' lawn. You know, I've heard that. <laughs> yes. But I'd also have to go to the fair. You know, we got to go. It's bumping Stacy's turn. It's time for us to get out of here. Goodbye. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Till then, the hay. Bart. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!